Welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. This podcast started with me just kind of interviewing my friends, and now we're at a point where I'm interviewing people who inspire me. Every week you are going to hear how someone else identifies with the feeling of not fitting in and success. So let's just hop into the episode and thank you for all of your continued support. Hey listeners, Uh, this week I wanted to share something uh, pretty special and or something that means a lot to me. So my friend Rayanne is one of my besties and she recently got diagnosed with breast cancer and she is trying to eventually start a family. And so she needs to get money for egg retrieval so that she can make that a possibility before she has chemo and a full mastectomy. Uh, I'm going to share the GoFundMe link in the description. As always, uh, it is up to you to donate if you'd like to, um, but that is my house updates for this week. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, weirdos. I want to share something with you I've been doing for a couple of months now. It is called Forbidden Bingo with my friend, DJ Rockstar Aaron. We are both from Denver. Uh, Great human. Something that they put on virtually out of the kindness of their heart every week. And I'm just going to start by saying it's 18 plus, just so you know. Um, but it's Forbidden Bingo. Forbidden Bingo is so much fun. You can play it in person if you live in Colorado or if it plays other places, or you can play it virtually online every Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Wow, I'm bad at time zones. But you know what? Just go to ForbiddenBingo.com, grab your tickets, and tell DJ Rockstar Aaron and Rich and all the other people that are playing that I sent you. That's ForbiddenBingo.com and unofficially, officially sponsors this podcast. This week's episode features Amon. So this episode is coming to you as one of the very first episodes I've been able to schedule from my new office in Hawaii. Um, So that means I'm turning my out of office off. So I am now at a point to start collaborating. I want to switch gears a little bit, but this is still part of the Collab Camp series. I'm going to be releasing two episodes this week, one featuring DJ Rockstar Aaron on Wednesday. And this one, Aman, he is a translator of AI technology. It's a really great episode. Uh, I'm just continually floored by the amount of support that I'm getting for this podcast. If you like what you hear, please rate us a five on Apple. That would mean the world or wherever, subscribe wherever you get your pods. As always, we have merchandise and that can be found at please don't kick me out.com slash shop. That's all the housekeeping. Enjoy the episode. How's it going? It's going well. Never been better. <laughs> I love the positive outlook. It is a good outlook to have in 2021. Uh, Aman, you are my second interview of the year. I'm very excited. To my listeners, of course, you've been here for the whole year. You know it is the podcast about imposter syndrome. It's Please Don't Kick Me Out. I have a lovely, beautiful voice on the other end uh, coming to me, and they are very excited to be here. Aman Agaral, would you like to give your elevator pitch of who you are, what you do, etc.? Sure. So I run an education company uh, called Sanpram Transnational. And uh, we serve non-technical CEOs and entrepreneurs who are now running software companies and have trouble 
communicating with and relating to the engineers uh, in their organization. So a lot of non-technical people feel a gap, a communication gap, like feel like an outsider when they talk, when, they, when, they're, when they're in a technical meeting. Um, and uh, we basically help them build that uh, fluency in technology so they can be a better and more confident manager. That is really, really cool. My uh, my dad happens to be an engineer, so I definitely can feel that gap. And I think it's great that you are feeling that because there's times I've tried to have a conversation with my dad and I'm like, all right, <laughs> stop talking in robot. Like, let's, I'm trying to understand you. And, and even in my career um, in working in digital marketing and working with, um, you know, people who do, do web design and UX and UI and all of that. And, and software engineers, it's it's it can be sometimes very very difficult. So I think that's a really cool process. I mean, what kind of got you into that? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I when I so I actually started out with an engineering degree, mm-hmm. um, and uh, then I went into sales because I personally did not like engineering back then. Um, but when I decided to come back to engineering after a few years, I realized that all the educational materials back then were just so difficult to understand as a newbie mm-hmm. developer back in the back in my back in the back in the day um, and so i started out writing free essays on medium and tutorials uh, just explaining technology in a very simple uh, humorous way um, as a hobby okay this was like 3 4 years ago and uh, they got so much traction that, uh, you know, later, like fast forward to 2020, I decided that I should maybe do something professionally in this domain. Mm-hmm. And the actual, uh, the actual impetus was that one of my friends is a fitness instructor mm-hmm. and he wanted to build a, an app for his business. And he hired this engineer, a uh, friend of his, and because of the communication gap, and the lack of you know knowledge Mm -hmm. he somehow got taken advantage of in a way or maybe not intentionally but the project failed and he lost a lot of money and i basically just offered to him one day when we were in the gym like hey let me just explain to you the basics of technology so that as an entrepreneur you can you know uh, hire and manage more effectively next time and i literally gave him like a 45 minute lecture in the gym with a little handheld you know whiteboard and a marker like he was on one bench and i was on the other bench and we were talking and i was teaching him um and after that lecture i thought you know i think a lot of people would need this so maybe i can start a company doing this for everybody else and that's how we started I think, I think it's so clever. I think it's really smart. And I, I think, you know, I props to you. That's a really good niche because like, you know, as I, as I mentioned, like in my career, like it, it is really difficult sometimes because you have a client and the client purchases something and then you have the, you know, very, very smart, very technically savvy engineer. And mm-hmm. that, that gap is very, very wide. Um, so that's yep. very smart. So um, you know, I, I think that's, uh, that's clever. It's awesome. So, um, you and I okay. met, of course, through the, the, the thing that I use, which is of course, matchmaker. Um, mm-hmm. and so, uh, I don't even need to get into it at this point. My listeners know what it is. It's not a dating app. It's a podcast to <laughs> podcast medium. Um, but let's just pop into it, you know, imposter syndrome. 
um, you know, I, I kind of heard a little bit of it while we were while you were talking about, you know, it started out engineering, went into sales, kind of got back into engineering. Um, but mm -hmm. I love to ask the questions around success, the feeling of success, imposter syndrome, and all of that. So we'll start with the first question, um, which is, do you feel like you have it all figured out? Hmm. I think um, that's actually a complex question. I mean, of course, I'm tempted to say no. And, uh, you know, sometimes you have to tell yourself, like, to say yes. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to ponder on this for a little while longer. So I'm going to say <laughs> there are areas of my life where I know that I'm doing the best I can at the moment. Mm -hmm. And then there are areas of my life where I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And in some areas, I know that my my clarity and my certainty is a seven on 10, but I know it's a seven. And mm -hmm. that gives me some peace. Like I know that it's only a seven on 10. And that's okay. And I need to, you know, over time, maybe it gets to an eight or a nine on 10. So, mm -hmm. so the, 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 the short answer is, of course, no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody on the planet has it all figured out. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you, you constantly have new things to figure out over time. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, right now, I even if I did have everything figured out tomorrow, you know, I find a new problem to solve and uh, it goes back to zero. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a, absolutely the answer. We, we tend to get on this podcast and the, and the real feeling. And the reason why I asked this question is because um, imposter syndrome is, is so shrouded and like everyone else has it figured out. And why am I like left behind and why have I not gotten to where I need to be? And, and the real answer of it, and especially in doing this for almost a year is that no one has it figured out and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And actually the meaning of life is to constantly be seeking answers. And so if you're not doing that, then you're at a place of complacency. And I always say that the second I have a guest that says, yep, We've got it figured out, Bianca. Like we've got it. We're good to go. <laughs> I I'm like gonna be like, man. Like I really did not vet you. Like correctly. tell me more. <laughs> you know, like because I have no idea. I mean, I aside from interviewing you today, I didn't know what day it was. <laughs> I was like, mm -hmm. uh, I know I'm, I have an interview, but I don't know what <laughs> you know. So so for me, it's like it's 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 a, every day is an adventure, and I feel like you know, I, I, I like that, you know, you can have a, you have life at a seven out of a 10 and let's get to a 10. Maybe we won't ever get there, but let's strive for it. And, uh, I think that's a great answer. So I think you're, I think, I think you're doing just fine and we're <laughs> in the same boat and that's human. And I like it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You know, you know, you know, there's a fun story about Elon mm -hmm. Musk when, mm -hmm. uh, before he actually launched Tesla to the public and he was looking for funding he invited the Google founders, you know, Larry Page and Sergey Brin to come and take a look at what Tesla was doing to invest in them. Okay. And they start the cars and the cars don't go faster than 10 miles an hour. Okay. No joke. This is a true story. <laughs> That's serious. I didn't know that. <laughs> and, and the Google founders are like, you know, is this like, was this pre-planned or is this like supposed to go faster? And Elon was like, I swear these cars go faster. <laughs> it's just there for some reason, they're not going faster right now. Um, and they went back to the drawing board, of course, and they, they did end up getting, uh, getting, get some investment, but you know, it's just, <laughs> it's just one example of no matter who you are. And he, he had four or mm -hmm. like, I think three or four failed rocket launches mm -hmm. in a row yep. before SpaceX took off. And, uh, you know, like Tesla, it was 
it was crazy. Like <laughs> the story was crazy. Like the cars wouldn't go faster than 10 miles an hour um, in the beginning before they launched. So I, I think you can, maybe I'm not a big shot, but if you consider mm-hmm. these guys a big shot, then maybe that will give you some peace that not everybody has it figured out. Well, it's funny because, um, you know, how many times in your career have you like gone to do a, a presentation and then like the technology doesn't work or the Wi-Fi is not letting you on or, you know, it like everything fails at once. Um, or even worse, like yeah. I've bombed, I've bombed presentations. It's like you give a joke and nobody laughs. Like, oh, that's like, like my worst fear. In a crowd of like hundred people. <laughs> I, um, I did do stand up once in college. And I think like yeah. the only person, people that laughed were like my best friend, like in college and my boyfriend at the time. And, mm-hmm. and I, everyone else I think like, didn't find me funny. I'm, I'm situationally funny, but like, I don't know how people do it. I have a friend and, and her, her name is equally Bianca and she will go to, um, zoom, like, like comedy nights every single night. Mm. Like that's what she's been doing to like, get through the, the, you know, the whole pandemic. And, and I love mm. that, but I, I just, I think about it all the time. I'm like, could you imagine, like, you don't know your audience one, and you especially mm-hmm. don't know your audience on zoom. Like, how would you, how would you plan your jokes? I have no idea how she, like, she says it's hilarious. She's like, sometimes it's weird. Like sometimes it doesn't really fit or it's not funny. I'm like, I would mm-hmm. be so nervous. Like I, I'm, I mean, I think I'm like humorous, but I, I, I couldn't mm-hmm. imagine like, you know, doing a whole set and then like, no, you know, everyone's on mute and you can't tell if they thought you were funny or not. <laughs> People are laughing on mute. That's right. Like, right. Like sad. <laughs> so comedian. yeah, in yep. terms of imposter syndrome though, um, you know, there's a lot of this feeling of, um, not fitting in. Um, and so I like to ask this, I, I think everyone has a different d- definition of like what this means to them as, as, as in terms of if they felt it. So do you feel like you fit in or suffer from imposter syndrome and in what ways, and what does imposter syndrome mean to you? Well, every day I have to tell my, I have to, like, there's this little voice in the head that says, mm-hmm. you know, you're not really an entrepreneur. It's not for you. You know, you're not that type. You weren't born to be an entrepreneur or whatever. Um, and it's just about quietening that feeling like, okay, shush, mm-hmm. you know, like, just let me work, <laughs> let me do stuff. <laughs> let me get through the day and then the next day and the next day. And, uh, you know, this feeling gets louder and softer mm-hmm. over time. When you're winning, it, it, it becomes invisible, but the days when it's hard, you know, it suddenly pops mm-hmm. back up. So, mm-hmm. um, and regardless of career, like even when you're looking for jobs, I think that's like one time when everybody feels imposter syndrome unless you have like 50 offers lined up mm-hmm. um but you're like you apply and you never hear back and you were really hoping for this company or this particular position it seemed just the right one for you mm-hmm. um so yeah it just you know uh, it's it, it's it's really contextual i think yeah yeah i i think i think you hit the nail on the head right there um and i don't know if you're like me but i i do the days where i get praise and the days where i'm being told like your podcast is great or whatever. Like those are the days I'm like, okay, like maybe I'm like a foot in the right direction or in mm-hmm. my career, if I had a day where I got a lot of praise and you know, wow, like this is really helping or this really did great or whatever, I would feel on top of the world. But then the next day when I had no praise from my boss or when I had no recognition and I'm just sitting mm-hmm. there at my desk at my computer and I'm like, you know, grinding out the day of work and I'm like wondering in my head, I'm like, is this going to make a difference? Like, what am I doing? You know, there, there's there mm-hmm. been times where I'm working on something and I'm just like, who cares? Like, is anyone going to care? But that's <laughs> that and that in, in and of itself is imposter syndrome because it's like, 
you're, you're definitely doing the thing. You're, you're still striving towards <laughs> what is correct. And yet um, you can still feel those demons, like those shoulder demons, so to speak, that are like, well, like, are you really, do you really do this? Is this really your career? Are you, are you really a podcaster? Do, does anyone give a shit what you have to say? Does, you know, mm-hmm. like, is anyone going to listen to this? I mean, even when I was started this podcast about this yep. very topic, the whole, it, it all came to be because I was laid off at the time of the pandemic and mm-hmm. I had always wanted to start a podcast, but I didn't really know what it should be about. And then when I got laid off, I realized that my worst fear had come to fruition um, mm-hmm. of, you know, like every day I'd be like, oh, are they going to, is this today? Like, are they going to fire me today? Like, are they going to fire me tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Like, yep. even though I had 10 years of experience, I, and mm-hmm. I, I very much deserved to be there as the marketing director at the company I was at. Um, and so when that finally happened, I was like, well, you know what, like maybe I should start this podcast. And then it just, it came to me in like a fever dream. I was like, this is what it needs to be about because it's one of mm-hmm. those feelings where no one wants to admit that they don't have it figured out. No one wants to admit that they don't feel successful. No one wants to admit that they, that they, that they feel wary of their accomplishments or whatever. Um, and so after a couple of beers with your buddies, like, that's when I feel like people talk about this feeling of like, yeah, like, you know, I'm a nurse, but I'm always worried that I'm going to like kill my patients or I'm a doctor, <laughs> but I don't know why anyone gave me, I don't know how I pass my med boards. I don't feel like I should be doing this or, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a wow. chef, but like, you know, I don't, I don't know if like my food's <laughs> any good. It's this weird feeling, this anxiety that's, that everyone has. And it's only after the walls come down that people are willing to talk about it. And for me, I felt like Every day I went into my career, I was wondering when they were going to kick me out. And it finally happened. And it had nothing mm-hmm. to do with me. It had everything to do with this pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I didn't die. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is a normal feeling. And as I've had these conversations more and more and more, I feel like I've, I've, I've learned that the more I, this conversation is normalized, the more people are like, oh, it's just human. Like, I just feel human. Like, it's not even anxiety. It's mm-hmm. not anything in the DSMBR. It's just this human emotion that it's okay. And it just isn't, it hasn't been normalized until 2020, you know, to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think mental health and, uh, you know, dealing with failure is getting more mainstream as mm-hmm. in the, you know, tech community and so forth. Especially. More people are becoming, at, at least on, like, if you go to LinkedIn or Twitter, like, more people are willing to share these stories. But there's a lot of uh, ground we still need to cover. So I appreciate, you know, uh, yeah. your podcast. Yeah. Oh, thank stuff. you. Thank you. Um, I do have, like, a lot of beef with LinkedIn, though. For me personally, um, mm-hmm. I just feel like anyone who adds me on LinkedIn is always, like, immediately hitting me with a sale. And I just have to, like, mm-hmm. blanket statement to all you people on LinkedIn. Please stop doing that. Like, you don't know if someone has a career, which right now I'm, I'm podcasting. You don't know if I have money to pay for your things and I don't influence companies anymore for the love of God, please stop sending me cold sales on LinkedIn. Like that's just if the, the takeaway for 2021. What is my resolution? Please stop doing that to me. That's my resolution for you. <laughs> <laughs> I am like, ah, oh, like, is this person wanting to be my friend? And I get really excited because I love people. And then I'm like, oh no, it's a sales pitch. <laughs> mm. <laughs> But I'm sure yeah, you I've actually do started doing. Well, 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 <laughs> I've actually, well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, I've actually. Uh, so, one thing is, when I, whenever somebody connects with me on LinkedIn, I send them my Calendly link and I ask them to schedule like 20 minutes with me right mm-hmm. right away, because mm-hmm. um, I want to see face to face who I'm connecting with on social media. That's cool. And 
that's been very powerful. Yeah. And when I'm pitching somebody, literally the sub, the first line itself is that this is a shameless pitch, you know, yeah. <laughs> just to prepare them like, hey, you know, this is a pitch. This is what it's about. And uh, then, of course, I pitch because you have to sell yourself, you know, in some way. So, mm-hmm. but of course, it can be like a sneaky sell where mm-hmm. you're pretending to be to not be a salesperson. You know, that's what I really have a beef with. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's, you know what, you know what you're doing, Amon, you are doing a very human thing where you're trying to find common ground with people and you're not selling. You're just being like, Hey, like, I want to like know who you are on face to face. And then let's see if I can help you. And like, you're taking the money and the very vulturish approach, like off the table. That's really smart. Um, The biggest key to sales is the genuine human connection. And that is actually something that Mm, I, when I was working as a marketing director, I had a team of 20 plus salespeople. Um, They're all amazing. Um, They still work where I used to work and I still keep in touch. And the biggest thing was they were so cruxed by social media. I was like, dude, it's not that hard. They're like, well, I don't know what to post because like, why ultimately I want the sale. I'm like, yeah, of course you want the sale. Everyone wants the sale. Everyone wants the title transaction because it was uh, real estate. Everyone wants the title transaction. I was like, but you have to be genuine and, you know, in, in, in not cross words, put your dick on the table and show what you, what you're offering. Like you have to be mm-hmm. yourself. And that is what brings it in. And as soon as they started being genuine and themselves, that's when it worked. And it's because we we crave this authenticity in 2021 and 2020, especially in 2020, where it was like, I don't want to see your polished crap. I want to see that you're having a hard day and you're depressed because I'm depressed. Like, let's talk about <laughs> it. Like, that's what I want to see. And so I think also um, the generation younger than me, which is a Gen Z because I'm a millennial, uh, mm-hmm. I've, I've noticed that there's this push towards, and especially even my younger fans, I've got one little fan and she's in Poland, she's 17. And she mm-hmm. always is telling me like, this is what's going on in my world. This is what I'm looking for in the world. And, and this is why I like your podcast because everyone's real and raw and I like it. And it's, it's been nice because I'm like, okay, like I'm doing how I would sell. I'm have, I'm putting raw emotions on display and I've, you know, one of the biggest things I've had to learn in my career was that it's okay to be myself. And actually that's a powerful tool. Um, Hmm. And we should never shy away from like what makes us us because the right people will fall into your court when you are who you are. Hmm. Yep. Yep. (laughs) I agree. So in, in, in moving into this career and, and moving into this new entrepreneurial role, like how has it been in the last year? Um, well, I would, I would still classify myself as a struggling entrepreneur. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it's, been, it's been extremely rewarding in mm-hmm. some ways. And it's been, um, Actually, I think I would never go back to doing anything else. Um, not that awesome. it. So my story is that I knew since the earliest days of my of me being conscious as a small kid that one day I would be an entrepreneur. I would have my own company. And this is before I knew what mm-hmm. being an entrepreneur meant, before I even knew the word, before I knew what it entailed if you had a business. I just always knew that I would be selling something somewhere to somebody for uh, you know, as my career. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of a different breed in that way because I already knew that it would, it would eventually happen. 
And I w- it was just actually my imposter syndrome that mm-hmm. kept me from taking the plunge for so many years. Yeah. You know, I'm 20, almost 28 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to do this, you know, since for 28, literally 27, 25 years. Um, but yeah, finally, like, it's it's like having a breath of air. Like, it's like a fish going back to water for me. Yeah. Now I'm like, wow, you know, thank God. I mean, even though it's stressful, Mm-hmm. You know, for me, it's like, yeah, I don't have sales, I don't have customers, but it feels great. And of course, like after, like eventually, I got some sales, but um, that's that's my personal perspective. Well, I, I when I worked for myself and I freelanced, I did freelance for a little mm-hmm. bit. The hardest mm-hmm. thing is when you believe in your product and yourself and what you're doing, but people love a free, a free thing. Right. And they would Mm. like, they want you to work for free. And so, you know, even though like right now you're starting off and, but you know what you are, you're branding it, you know what you're going to do. You've got this thing. Let's bring in the customers. I mean, I have enough networking. I'll help you out. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think what you're doing is super valid and I'm not just like blowing smoke up your butt. Like I truly feel like that is such a need because you know, how many times have, you know, people, your friends is a great example, like frustrated with, with someone who's trying to develop something for him and they are just not speaking the same language. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's tough because, um, you know, brains work differently and communication styles are different. And, you know, the notion that, that clients are going to understand that this is what's happening and they're going to understand the engineering team. I mean, that's fewer and further between because technology is so advanced these days. And I'm going to be honest with you. I was not great at math. I never did a STEM career. Um, I was definitely an art major and then communications and that's it. Like I use anchor.fm because I cannot figure out Mm -hmm. anything else. I can use WordPress very basically. Like I, Mm I, I, I can, I, I know how to do some basic stuff, but for the most part, like I will outsource anything that I need to do that's beyond my creative capability. So for Christmas, on that point, I think, uh, what we often don't realize is that these days, mm-hmm. everybody is a domain expert. Everybody is a specialist in something. Mm-hmm. And I've heard salespeople say that the engineers are stupid. You know, I've heard, you know, you've, you've probably heard it yourself. Oh, God, like, I could, ne- but I could never engineers. agree. I could never agree. Don't put an engineer yep. in the sales room. Like they're mm-hmm. going to mess up the whole deal. Don't let them talk unless you make <laughs> them talk and say exactly what you, what they have to say. Um, so I think like since everybody is a domain expert, the key thing is not everybody has the heart of a teacher. And it's not a bad thing, you know, not everybody can can be a teacher. And I know that, you know, like, for example, when I teach, when I taught my younger sister how to drive, I was so impatient with her. I was like, you know, you're, you're like a gone case. Like, it's, it's <laughs> I was yeah. so terrible at that, you know, at a time. So I think, like, now I give them the benefit of doubt to, like, everybody, like, okay, you're just not a teacher. You don't know how to explain things. You don't have the patience to mm-hmm. explain what what's so easy to you, right? For right. you, it's easy, and you don't even realize that it's difficult for others. Right. Um, that is a good so thing yeah, to have. It's, it's, it's more about it's you know empathy. finding some way, finding some way to bridge the gap mm-hmm. without saying that, without really blaming anybody. That's how. That's what I've found to be you know yeah uh, the best way forward. I do have to ask, where in the world are you, and what are the drivers like? Because I just like pictured just chaos. <laughs> yeah, I I am currently in New Delhi in India. Yeah, and. Uh, Yep, I was uh, <laughs> I was born in the darkness, you could say, <laughs> as a driver. 
I, um, I remember when I started driving just like to tangent, cause I think like, it's interesting. Everyone has a different story with it, but my dad was, my dad's an engineer, right? So mm-hmm. my dad in America, uh, well, every state is different. They govern themselves differently, which is why the pandemic is going terribly because mm-hmm. every state has different set of rules. So I, um, started driving in Colorado and, um, in, in Colorado, you're allowed to get your permit at 15 and you have to have mm. like 120 or something driving hours. And you have to have a parent, not a parent, but someone over the age of 18 has to be in the vehicle with you. Yep. Um, my dad had this Audi station wagon and that's what I would have to drive. It was like driving a freaking boat. Like it, it sucked. <laughs> it was an Audi A6 station wagon. My dad still has the car to this day. Very frugal man. Um, and because before that it was all stick shift and he was like, I'm not going to teach my kids stick shift. So I don't know how to do that, but, um, mm. he would have me drive in parking lots and stuff. And one day my dad was like, I have to go do this errand and I'm driving. So I, he had me drive and I drove through a parking lot in a way that he hated it. And he got so mm. mad at me. He was like screaming at me. And then he like was like, stop <laughs> the car. And so I stopped the car and I'm like crying. I'm like 15, I'm crying. And he's he drives the car like 80 miles an hour, like back to our neighborhood. And we we're like a mile away from our house. And he was like mm. screaming at my mom. He was like, she cannot drive anymore. Blah, 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 blah. It's scared. <laughs> I'm telling you the literal bejesus oh out of me. I was like, I was like, I never want to drive again. I refuse. I don't want to drive again. <laughs> I never want to drive again. And then when I got my driver's test, some, so in small town America, where my parents yeah. live, they still live there. It's like just outside of Boulder, Colorado, which is um, mm. home of Colorado, uh, this Colorado University or CU. Um, I didn't go there. I went somewhere else for college. But um, I, uh, I never had to parallel park. So to this oh, day, okay. I am terrible at it. I'm actually, you know what? I've gotten better since moving to San Diego. I've gotten a lot better at parallel parking because I used to have to do it on my on my street when we lived when we before we mm-hmm. bought a house. We lived in an apartment, and in Denver, I would have to do it as well. If I couldn't find my if my parking spot was taken, I would have to, you know, parallel park. But I had never done it, and they were like, "Well, good thing that you're not like this. Isn't a reason that you're not going to get your license. It's just like a suggested like double points." And I mm. hit both cones. <laughs> terribly and I was like this is awful it's hard and and just there's no manual like to just to to teach someone because everyone's going to drive the way that they're that the way that they want to intend to it's it's tough it's difficult I totally agree with you it's it's hard to teach someone something when you want it done a certain way or you only know the way it's supposed to be um Mm -hmm. and and uh, I'm you know what I'm not the worst driver I've I think I've only been in you know yeah you know what I was only in one accident and my dad jinxed it, and that's why. Um, mm. And I was. Was it your fault? It was absolutely okay. my fault. I did not look in my blind <laughs> spot, right. and I merged. Um, mm. And then I moved to California, and they are horrible drivers. In California, there is a suggested merge lane everywhere. At least in San Diego, mm. I and and you know what, LA is pretty bad too. But um, I hate driving in California for this reason, like they will not let you over. I'm like, yeah, like, why are you in the right lane? If you're not going to let me onto the highway, like get out, <laughs> like let me over. And like, so you just have to be like equally aggressive. And then there's also people who in California will fully not go the speed limit. And then they'll try and get onto the highway. <clears throat> and you're like, I was going 60, but now I'm apparently going to crash into you. Like, that's <laughs> like, it's just, it's, it's bizarre. It's, it's, it's a different breed. And then in Colorado, it's funny because people will complain, oh, the traffic is so crazy and it's like no it's not like have you been to california it's it's insane (laughs) or have you been to any other country 
Um, so props to you for driving. Cause I, I did have, a, I have a friend that lives in Mumbai and she mm. just, the, the horror stories she had from driving, she was like, it's awful. <laughs> yeah. It, it does get pretty bad when you get in, into an accident here. So yeah. Have you been in one? <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Of course. I have a, I have a, like a phobia now of like any, of any driver using their phone, like even having <gasps> Ooh, in their okay. hand, because I mm-hmm. messed up that way. I was, I had my phone. Like it was the stupidest thing ever that I was doing. I, I don't know why I was doing it, um, but I was. Oh God, it's so embarrassing to even think about. I was don't looking up French. I, I was. I was looking up French podcasts on the phone while driving. Like how stupid is that? And I was the only one in the car. Um, it was like <laughs> the stupidest all, thing ever. We've all done stupid stuff. We've all done stupid stuff in the car. Like I. Yeah. I've done really dumb stuff in my car. <laughs> And, um, you know, as it, I, I have a new vehicle, well, I've had it for two years now. I have a Mazda CX-3 and it has like mm-hmm. a, it has Bluetooth and like, but if you plug, so I have like a, a, like a USB jack that I can like charge it with. And my old phone was an iPhone mm-hmm. 8. I just got an iPhone 12. So it doesn't really need to be charged as often as my old one. Cause I have a new phone. Um, but if you plug the phone in to the car before you start the car and then you start the car with the phone, it will not connect to Bluetooth. It's like, no, screw you. Like we're not doing it. (laughs) I don't know why. I don't know why it does that, but I've tested this theory in other cars and it worked. It's the same thing. If you have it plugged in when you start the car, it will not connect. Um, And so there's been times I've fully like driven like four hours where I need to go with my phone, just like yelling the directions at me because it's not going through my Bluetooth because it won't reset. And so I don't know. I, we've all done stupid stuff. We've all done <laughs> stupid stuff. Yep, but yep. but but at least now, like I can do the Siri talk to text thing. So I can like be mm-hmm. like, hey, like play like this playlist, and it'll do it. But on my old phone, if I was if I pressed Siri and I was like, hey, play this, my phone, my car would just like freak out. So now I guess it works. But I, I totally fringe podcasts. <laughs> that's a very <laughs> obscure obscure thing. How yep. many um, languages do you do you speak? Um, I'm learning my, f- so I would say four and a little bit of, so I, I speak Hindi, which is my mother tongue, mm-hmm. but I don't, but I can't write it or read it much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then English is my main professional language. Um, and then I speak French and then I speak Chinese, but not really, not really well. And, uh, <laughs> the last one is I speak a few, like a, a little bit of Japanese. That's it. That's pretty cool though. Uh, I took German in high school and then I moved to nearly the border of Mexico. And so I mm. wish I had taken Spanish, uh, but uh, my neighbors actually, um, my, my neighbors, um, my neighbor, Monica, her husband um, speaks pretty fluent Spanish and he comes over and he fixes a bunch of stuff. And like, it's like Babelfish. He's like, he'll tell me like, <laughs> he's like this, this is this word. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> this, this is this <laughs> word. And I'm like, thank you because I, never know what you're talking about i'm gonna forget it (laughs) i i i wish i wish that and this is my what my bigger thing like for the american school system i wish i mean it it does fail us but i wish that there was more languages at a younger age because you are so much more susceptible to learn them at a younger age um Mm -hmm. and you're able to um you know think and write and, and read in those languages and i um i can speak german after a few beers now but uh, not mm. like, I don't really remember and retain, but I'm able to read it actually. If I see like um, 
German. Like I can actually read it and I usually can deduce what it says. Um, mm. But I mean, I haven't taken a class in like Lord knows how many years. If you have like, we have like an active vocabulary and a passive vocabulary. Mm -hmm. So a lot of stuff, even in like English, a lot of the stuff that we read, we can understand, but we wouldn't be able to produce that content if we were to come up like, we speak, we, we only say stuff that we are used to reading a lot of times mm -hmm. or listening a lot of times like our parents like somebody that a friend something that a friend always said you, you, now you can say it but even though you can understand things you've never you haven't read yet right you wouldn't be able to produce them unless you had the confidence to you know make up new sentences on your own and mm -hmm. just put stuff out there and see if other people understand because they will yeah yeah that's interesting so to go back to like the career and entrepreneurship and stuff um, and kind of like your, your, your life, your lifestyle and all of that. Um, I like to ask this question because I feel like everyone defines success differently. And, and I think that's mm -hmm. like the most beautiful thing is that, you know, some people just, you know, define success monetarily. Other people define success with like the 2.5 children and the white picket fence and whatever. Um, so mm. what does success look like to you? And do you feel successful? Hmm. I think for me, they're like, so I have different areas of my life where mm -hmm. I want to achieve success. There's like health, there's relationships, there's the monetary aspect. Um, there's the freedom and the time aspect of like what I want to do intellectually. Um, so I have different goals for each of those. And uh, I would say in terms of career, like, of course, I haven't reached my goals. You know, they're all they're always going to be, you know, further and further away, because um, I'm going to keep setting new goals as I get older. Um, but in terms of my career, I think I feel successful in the sense that I have a bucket list of projects that I want to take on as my career progresses. Like, mm -hmm. for example, one was education so one was engineering like mm -hmm. self-driving trucks artificial intelligence the the high-tech stuff then there was education i always wanted to start an education company next one is i always i also want to work in the film production domain and uh, uh, create more creative work yeah and there's the environmental stuff you know so there's different bucket list projects that i have in in a you know mapped out or areas of or areas or industries that i want to work in be involved in and it's just about going like with one item after the other. And so right yeah. now I'm on education. You know, I'm done with one bucket list item of being an engineer in a high tech industry. So I think I think I'm sticking with my plan, and uh, I'm uh, only getting closer to the next item. Yeah. So in that regard, I do feel successful. Yeah. Yeah. Well. You know, I, in just hearing you talk, I could see there's a, there's a bunch of things I could see you doing. I could see you with a podcast to help bridge engineering. And I education. just launched, I you just did. launched one yesterday. <gasps> did you? That's exciting. Yep. Awesome. Okay. Well, you're going to have to like email me all the details so I can like let my listeners know. And of course I'm going to give you space to promote yourself at the end of this as well. So you Thank can you. just have that platform. But another thing I could see you doing, um, only because I feel like it's a niche especially with content creation and stuff. I mean, videos, I could see, I could, I could mm -hmm. see all of that. Um, and yep. TikTok and whatnot, I can see it for you. Um, and then I just, I, I like, I like the way that you're like, well, I tried this and I did it and I'm now moving on and I'm doing this. And, and it's a really good way to go through life. Cause I mean, you're going to keep your stuff interesting. 
until you ultimately find that niche or that click that's going to keep you where you're going. I mean, I certainly have no idea. Like if you had told me that um, one, that I was going to, you know, marry a uh, person in the, the military, I was, would tell you you're absolutely bonkers. Like that's not happening, but I am. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> and, uh, and if you told me like, you're, you're going to own a house in San Diego, I would have been like, absolutely not. That's not possible. There's no way. If you had told me that like, you're going to get all the way up to like this point of your career, you're going to be a marketing director. There's nowhere, but the, like the ceiling you've hit it. You you're, you're the, like, the most you can do. You can be a CMO now. Like that's it. And you're going to lose your job. And there's a global pandemic. Like I would have been like, Nope, that's insane. I would yep. never, ever know those <laughs> things. Like that's, that's, that's bonkers. You're going to launch a podcast people around the world. You're going to talk to them. I would be like, that's nuts. I remember that I used to use Zoom like if I was interviewing for jobs. I never used it for any other reason. And now I monthly pay for it and I would buy stock in it. Like that's how like much I use it now. Um, and I just think like, you know, what we what we envision for ourselves oftentimes is not what's gonna happen. Um, but being able to kind of be open to opportunities, I think like is something that you and I have in common. Um, and it's a very, very good quality to have in life. And so I, th I think you're going to do really amazing things. You have like the right personality need, for it. You don't need just one career. Like, and, mm -hmm. and one thing is that there is no such thing as a career. There's only a life, right? Yep. Yes. Um, like there's literally, they don't exist. Like careers don't exist. We just make, we, make, we just make them up one after mm -hmm. the other. So you're a student and then you're a graduate student, you're a doctor, whatever. You just, you're, just, you're just a person doing certain things to keep your, you know, uh, keep your kids fed and have a roof of your over your head. And you figure out how to keep that and keep doing what you want to do. So uh, like Bono, for example, Bono, the musician, he's a philanthropist now. And he, he gets a lot of shit from people about like, oh, whoa, you call yourself a philanthropist. You're not, you know, you're just a musician. You're just a rock star and so on. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> I guess you're right, but this is what I'm doing and uh, you can't stop me. So whatever. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like we've um, touched on imposter syndrome. So I like to move on to uh, things that uh, really drive my guests, like grind their gears and things that make them very excited. So what is one or a few things that you're currently fanatical about and why? Currently fanatical about? Hmm. I, you mean in general, like overall in life or just certain- In life like or whatever, things? like it doesn't have to be right now. I mean, I mean, I've had people tell me like the most wild stuff, like. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, um, yeah, so recently I've been approaching a different, um, so, so I have been approaching my fitness differently mm -hmm. from what I had before. Um, like uh, several months ago, I, I mean, like you could say a year ago, I was all about, you know, muscle, like being lean and ripped and shredded mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, six pack abs and whatnot. Um, and I got close to that, but then realized that. I don't like being sore all the time, like 24 mm -hmm. seven, you know, it's like something that people don't talk about is the quality of life when you're pursuing very aesthetic goals. Um, and I realized that what I do want is excellent mobility. I want to be able to feel like super relaxed and lightweight all the time. Uh, I want no tension in my body. I want to be able to do a pancake sl split like, you know, Jean Van Damme mm -hmm. um, and that kind of stuff. And uh, just 
have have focused on more on longevity and good movement, graceful movement. And so now I, you know, approach my training very differently about, you know, uh, and getting your heart rate down over time. I talk like in terms of fitness, I think about very different things than the average person thinks of when they think about fitness, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, uh, it's one area where, yeah, I was like, okay, I understand everybody likes six pack abs and everybody wants them, but maybe I can set my own definition for what a mm-hmm. healthy and a fit life uh, means to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that, I think that's a good thing to be um, interested in and care about, uh, you know, being, being in the United States, uh, we are not very healthy. Um, but I am, I am myself pretty fanatical about my own health. Um, in the last year I have lost, um, listeners, um, let me just like toot my own horn, 30 pounds. Wow. Um, I, uh, took antidepressants in my twenties and it really, I've always had a metabolism where if I look at a French fry, I'm just going to gain weight. Like that's, I'm a woman. I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, women are made to create children. I'm not planning on that, but you know, uh, so I've never, it's always been unachievable and I've always had quite disordered eating from it. And it's always been mm-hmm. really, really hard for me to lose weight or keep it off. Um, but I have a Peloton bike and Peloton, um, you know, they did real, they're doing amazing right now as a company. Like I should have bought mm. stocks in them, but I, I did not. And I'm not sure if that's um, something that's popular in India currently, but um, Peloton I've had in my bike for three years. And something that I kind of did uh, when my husband deployed, I just was like, you know what, like I, no matter what, it doesn't matter what, what day it is, I'm just going to get on the bike. And at a minimum, I'm going to do 20 minutes. And Hmm. I've had the bike for three years. I've ridden it 1500 times in the three years I've had it. Um, If you count the rides up, I mean, like they're like five minutes counts as a ride. So that's just kind of Mm -hmm. how it adds up. But I just told myself I'm going to use it every day because I have no one to be accountable to. I might as well do it. Um, Mm -hmm. That is one reason that I've lost weight. Another reason is I'm on a medication that is um, a stimulant. So that is harder for me to be hungry, but then I'm also a lot more mindful of my eating. And then finally, um, I would say anxiety is another reason that like, I'm, I'm a lot more cognizant of like what I'm doing and what I'm, how I'm eating and how I'm taking care of myself. But overall, I will say I feel so much more healthy now than I did last year at this time. And even mm. though I felt like I was healthy at last year at this time, cause I was, I was, I would ride the bike once a day and, you know, or, you know, once every other day, but yeah. I wasn't really being careful on like the things I was eating or, or how I was nourishing myself or, um, you know, the things I was doing. So I, I would say for me too, I am pretty these days, a lot more fanatical about my own health because I, I've always had a hard time with weight and fitness and, and all of that. But I, but I would say like, for me, um, I've definitely in the last at least six months, seen a huge change in just like my body and what it's capable of and how far I can push it. And so, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think, I think, you know, also like fitness is very similar to a career in that you're yep. always changing those goals. Like it might be weight loss, but then next day it's, it's, I know I'd like to gain, I'd like to gain muscle or maybe it's, I'd like to work out five days a week or I'd like to, you know, hit this new thing. So I think that's great. Yeah. And congratulations to you. I think I'm sure because I, I lost like 25, 30 pounds ba- uh, a few years back. Mm-hmm. And uh, I-, I know how big of a change it makes to your life. Um, 
especially if it's uh, healthy weight loss, not like the unhealthy uh, weight loss that some people inflict on themselves. Um, but if it's done in a in a positive way, then I think it's it's truly game changing. Yeah, game -changing. I, I did um, a couple of years back, like I want to say like maybe five years ago, six years ago, mm -hmm. I did keto, um, and and it was really really successful for me. But I'm as soon as I stopped it, it was like all yep. the weight came back, you know. And so, yep, yep. Um, and so I think like I agree with you. Like a lot of people do very very unhealthy things to kind of achieve what they want to achieve, and and. And I also feel weird too, because people are like, what are you doing differently? And like, you know, like what, and I'm just like, I just, I, I'm more mindful. Like that's really all it is. Yep. I'm a lot yep. more mindful. Absolutely. And I, um, I think a lot of it has to do as well with, um, uh, like therapy has been really popular with me and, mm -hmm. and, and having a therapist and like talking through some of these issues and also just kind of, um, realizing that like, you know, you just have to give yourself grace at the end of the day, like, um, weight loss or not, like, I'm still proud of myself for getting on the bike every day. Like that's, yep. that's how, yep. how I have to view it. Yep. Yep. What I like to call it is process over progress over mm -hmm. perfection. Yep. Right. Absolutely. So process. If you celebrate the process, then the progress will come and then will the, uh, perfection, but you can't keep looking for progress or perfection. Because if you're saying like, "Hey, I've been doing this for a week. Why do I? Why don't I see progress?" Mm -hmm. That's that becomes you know because like that becomes its own you know demotivator. Right. Uh, but if you just say, "Oh, well, I did it five days in a row. Fantastic. I'm gonna see progress someday." Yep. Um, but I don't need that right now. I'm gonna just celebrate what I've already done. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I love I love this because um, some people have very very poignant like nail on the nail on the cross. Like they're like, this is my unpopular opinion, but I always say unpopular opinions are fine. You can have them as long as they do not hurt anyone else, e.g. horribly racist or conservative view. Um, but what is one or a few unpopular opinions you have and why I always use the example and I really need to get a new one. Like I got to think on this, like in 2021, <laughs> like if I'm going to like make any resolution, it's like cantaloupe. I just cannot stand honeydew or cantaloupe. I think they're the worst food ever. Um, I don't like melon flavored things. I just can't stand them. And so I've always used that example and, and I need to think of a new one, but anyway, what's something that, um, kind of like grinds your gears, um, that maybe people wouldn't find, uh, very popular and why. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. It's, it's funny you asked me that because, you know, as I think about all the opinions I have, I was like, like I'm trying to think about what somebody wouldn't agree with, you know, like because we we're all like narcissistic in, in some way. So yeah, uh, maybe that's just coming out right now. Um, unpopular opinion. I don't know. I mean, the 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 quick one that I can think of is, uh, yeah, if you're a non-technical. A person and this is goes back to my business because this is something I deal with every day you know so I'm just gonna you know it, it's not a, it's not a sales plug I'm just gonna say this um, but if you're a non-technical person and uh, people tell you that you should learn to code I think that's pretty stupid you know <laughs> I, there's like nobody needs to learn to code unless that's what you want to do you know, yeah. that's, let me just say it right up front mm -hmm. just like nobody needs to learn to draw unless they like to draw Right. Uh, it's not a life skill. It's not a career skill to be able to draw or to be able to code. And uh, 
learning to code won't make you technically fluent or somehow more have more empathy for engineers uh, <laughs> having empathy will have you will let you have more empathy for engineers and uh, uh, you know yeah I, I think i'm just gonna leave it there yeah. No, I, 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 I think that's beautiful. I think it's a great thing because you know what, if your brain doesn't work like that, like you're not going to make it work like that. Like I, I have, I can think algebraically and, or at least mm -hmm. I always had an easy time with algebra, but anything that was like beyond algebra, like I couldn't, I, I was terrible at geometry. Like you're not going to ever make me great at geometry ever. I'm a creative person. Like I mm -hmm. don't care how much fits in a cylinder. Like it does not matter. Um, and, yep. and so like, but, but I, I'm, I like, I was interested in HTML, but if we like took it a step further than HT, like basic HTML, like to CSS or JavaScript or whatever, I couldn't do it. So I a hundred percent agree with that. Like, so some people are not made to do that. And also like, you know, I, I would say a, a popular opinion I have is like, don't hire your cousin to like run your social media or whatever. Like if, if you, mm. if you cannot out, if you cannot afford to outsource it, don't cut corners, mm -hmm. you know, because like the biggest crux of any business is someone that's like, I can do everything and I'm capable. It's like, no, like, there are Fire people yourself. that are better, right? <laughs> like there are people that are better that can do the things that you want to hire them for. So you should just hire them to do it. So I agree. Like it, it, telling someone like, you know, code, learn to code. And then like, you can solve all your life's problems. You're not going to like feel any better about it. You're just going to be frustrated that you are making things that don't I mean, work. it's good to try, right? It's yeah. good to try. Like, what if you like it, but you know, it's not a, it's not a necessity. Yeah. Yeah. So what is currently making you happy in the world? Oh, good question, actually. Um, what is making me happy? I think I'm like, so I, so just a, you know, some, for, for some context, I do a daily gratitude practice in the morning Love it. Uh, when I wake up. So I have a, you know, a pretty over the top positive answer to this one. I think this is the best time in the history of the world for a human being to be alive in most in most cases and especially the audience who's listening to a podcast on a digital device you know that's true for you yep um and i think it's a miracle it's like it's like a gift from the universe that you are alive and listening to this and living living the life you are right now you know i think it's crazy how lucky we are um like I have literally, like I'm a history nerd, so mm -hmm. I unfortunately have to, you know, like listen about, you know, the siege of Constantinople and mm -hmm. like the the Crusades and whatnot, and you know, all the horrible stuff that keeps happening throughout time. That um, like visiting a dentist a hundred years ago would be a totally different experience from whatever you're used to. Okay, mm -hmm. so. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I just think I'm just, uh, even like pandemic, no pandemic, I think I'm just super grateful for yeah. the, for this uh, card that we've been dealt. Yeah, I mean, I think about it and it's like, if the pandemic had happened like in the 90s, like with like dial up internet, like, you know, it, we are so yep. lucky, you are right. Like, it is great to like, look at everything we have and, and right now that's really getting us through 
this and just all of the fortunate things. I mean, high-speed internet and like fiber optics mm-hmm. and a freaking computer in your hand. Like, you know, like that's just, you're right. Like it's absolutely a great time to reflect and be like, we are so freaking lucky. Like there's so much technology. Um, and you know, it's, we're, this is just a blip in the radar. Um, yeah. but I'm so grateful. I'm like, oh, thank goodness for technology because you know, suck. we look, the, the people who are alive today are less than 10% of all the people who are, who have ever lived on yes. this planet. All right. Mm-hmm. It's literally a lottery ticket for you to be present and being an adult and, you know, having these opportunities available to you right now. You could have been born in like one million years ago or in the 1500s or 1400s in, I don't know where, where, but uh, you're lucky. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're you're absolutely right. Amon. like, we are very lucky. I think like more people need to like, think like that. I mean, I just, I, I, I appreciate that viewpoint because, um, you know, my great grandma, she, my mom always says this, I never met her, but she Mm -hmm. would always say like, you know, you know, count your blessings one by one every day. So mm-hmm. she would do a gratitude check. And, and that's something I've had to really remind myself of, um, you know, in, in 2020 and, and beyond is just, you, you have to really look at all of the positives because there's a lot more positives than negatives. Like the negatives are like, oh, you can't go anywhere or do anything. Okay. Whatever. But like the positives, like you can hop on zoom and see your friends. You can virtually attend a concert. You can do this. You can do that. Like you have a computer in your hand. Like there's just so many good things. So I think that's a great viewpoint. And I love that. Yeah. I think for your audience, uh, one thing, if, if anybody doesn't have a gratitude practice, and I started this way myself a few months ago, uh, like one and a half months ago, literally, where I, I committed to doing one minute of writing a few things that I'm grateful for, even like 10 sentences in or five sentences in one minute uh, really quickly. And I do it as soon as I open my computer in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing I'd go, I do is go to this uh, software tool that tracks the, you know, the streak that I'm making and I do it for one minute. And now I do it for like 15, 20 minutes, but, but the goal is still to do at least one minute. Um, and that should, you know, get you in the habit of being more and more grateful. It's something yeah. you can actually force yourself to, you know, think every day. It's not like a natural um, tendency of people to be grateful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's awesome. So we are coming to the end of this beautiful conversation. I always love to give my guests the platform to promote whatever they would like. So do you have something you'd like to promote? Um, actually, no. Um, I would say instead of, you know, um, me promoting something, I did write this free article for anybody mm-hmm. who's non-technical and wants to learn the basics of, it's like a, it's like a pretty long 15 minute read. Um, but it will explain to you everything that, uh, like literally everything about software and software technology that would serve you. So if you can, you know, maybe you can, I can link to, like yeah. maybe you can link to that in the description Absolutely. or they can go to my, my company website and they can, uh, it's literally on the homepage. Um, mm-hmm. So that would be, that would be pretty helpful, I think. Awesome. Yeah. And then like, you know, you can send me all the links and the podcast and everything. Of course, it's going to go in the description, but uh, you know. I I really appreciate it. I think you are doing some great things in this world. I'm excited to see what happens in your life. And I so appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to chat with me on the other side of the world. And I hope that you have a lovely rest of your week, Amon. Thank you. I hope something good happens that makes you smile today.
Oh, you're so nice. All right. And to my listeners, this is, of course, please don't kick me out. And I hope that everyone has a great day and a great week. Thank you. Oh my goodness, I am so excited to announce that of merch, it is my 90s fantasy, and I just have to say thank you to my friend, dear, dear friend, Lara, who is the second guest ever of my podcast. We just celebrated one year of the podcast. We now have a lovely website. She helped me help computer, uh, and uh, so if you want to live your 90s fantasy, we've got mugs, we've got blankets, we've got fanny packs, we're, we're working on a denim jacket. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. So go to please don't kick me slash shop and buy some merch, y'all. Hey, weirdos. I want to share something with you I've been doing for a couple of months now. It is called Forbidden Bingo with my friend, DJ Rockstar Aaron. We are both from Denver. Uh, great human something that they put on virtually out of the kindness of their heart every week. And I'm just going to start by saying it's 18 plus, just so you know, um, but it's Forbidden Bingo. Forbidden Bingo is so much fun. You can play it in person if you live in Colorado or if it plays other places, or you can play it virtually online every Thursday at... 7 p.m. Pacific. Wow, I'm bad at time zones. But you know what? Just go to ForbiddenBingo.com, grab your tickets, and tell DJ Rockstar Aaron and Rich and all the other people that are playing that I sent you. That's ForbiddenBingo.com and unofficially, officially sponsors this podcast. Hey, listeners. Uh, this week, I wanted to share something uh, pretty special and or something that means a lot to me. So my friend, Rayanne, is one of my besties, and she recently got diagnosed with breast cancer, and she is trying to eventually start a family. And so she needs to get money for her egg retrieval so that she can make that a possibility before she has chemo and a full mastectomy. Uh, I'm going to share the GoFundMe link in the description. As always, uh, it is up to you to donate if you'd like to, um, but that is my house updates for this week. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey listeners, I wanted to share a special promotion for you from Dash of Pep. Dash of Pep is a clothing boutique that offers non-binary clothing that has fun prints that support mental health and empowering you to be your best self. In this pandemic, it is great to shop small and support small businesses like Dash of Pep. More than 50% of my wardrobe is from her adorable store. Robin at Dash of Pep has graciously given me a promo code for you to use at checkout. Use PDKMO to receive 15% off your order. Again, that is www.dash of pep.com and you can enter pdkmo at checkout to receive 15% off your order. This has been Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, comment, share, tell a friend. You know, that's how I'm going to keep these stories going. Also, if you want to be a podcast guest, you can reach out to me at p 
podcast at gmail.com and we can get it set up. Thanks everyone for your continued support. And I look forward to, you know, connecting with you again next Monday.